podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As possibly bleak as this. Welcome everybody to another episode of Chessie Hour. I'm your host, Daniel Soft. I'm glad to be in the hosting seat again and I'm joined with Jerry. What are you saying, Jerry? Hey, I'm good, man. Good, good, good to be back. Jerry, so I hope you don't mind mentioning, but in the group chat, apparently you have a Ghanaian voice. <laughs> um, so the good thing is, and we'll drop it. So we've got cards sorted out for all our new cast members. They're loving it. We've got one of them. I can't wait for you to see it. But um, obviously on our cards, we have nationalities too. And so obviously I don't think anyone asked, but it was confirmed that Jerry is Ghanaian. And apparently you have a Ghanaian voice. Why is your voice Ghanaian? Do you think, Jerry? As in, why did they say it was Ghanaian? Uh, do you know what it is? I think us Ghanaians are just silky smooth. Silky uh, smooth. I, I, I think I think that's what it is. We're, we're lovers, not we're lovers, not fighters. So. They said you had the soft voice, and at first I was like, "Yeah, you got a Ghanaian voice," but I don't know. People say I have a soft voice, but anyway, it's glad to have you on again, Jerry. And then we've got also got a special guest. We've got Tosin. How you doing, Tosin? I'm good. Special guest, love to hear it. Special guest. Um, and then you've got your own platform as well. So do you want to do a quick promo of it? Yeah. So um uh so I own a platform called Sports Shift and it's an event um and consultancy company which aims to put black people on the forefront. So we put on events um where we find black people doing stuff all over the internet and give them the platform to be the experts for once. And we also do consultancy with universities organizations to try and diversify their their panelists and making sure that the people that they have on 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 their panels and events and everything else kind of fit the kind of range that I'm you know we're seeing on grassroots level in terms of the shifting of of the industry so so that's that's what we do great work great work but we're here today to talk about Chelsea and it's weird. I think it's weird. And the reason why I say I think it's weird is because if you look at the actual stats for what's going on in Chelsea, um, apparently we've only lost like two games in our last 32. Yeah. In terms of like defence, like I saw a stat the other day saying we've only conceded like eight uh, open play goals. Now mm-hmm. I know everybody's down on our attack, but we, we're club World Cup winners, right, this season. Yep. Super Cup winners, but I'm I'm when I go and I check whether it's the touchline Discord or I go on the account or I go on Chelsea Twitter, everyone's arguing it's all doom and gloom. People yeah. are saying Tuchel isn't great and he can't coach an attack. And so so essentially, we've played two games since the last time we touched base with you, um, mm-hmm. We played the Crystal Palace game and yeah. we won that game, and then we also played the Lille game and we won that game. So yeah. I'm going to do it chronologically. I want to talk about Crystal Palace game first. And in the last pod, I asked the guest, the guest was Babs Amid, and I said, do you think there will be a hang-up coming back to the Premier League? And the reason why I asked that is because we know with international break, when you come back, it's difficult for big teams because mm. you come back and if you're away from home and the other team's up for it, it might be jet lag, it might be the fact there was no training, but it's difficult. And I was thinking... Are we going to face that? So the Crystal Palace game, 
um, coming back to it, it was a bit weird as well with the lineup. But obviously, I just want to ask. I'll start with you, Tosin. Mm-hmm. That game. Um, do you feel like because like I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say my, in my opinion the performance was a bit. Mm, do you know we won the game, but we didn't. I don't think we should have won it. But so yeah. do you feel like that was a, a consequence of us being away from the Club World Cup, or do you think that was actually we're, we're in terrible form anyway? Bit of both. I think. Chelsea are a team that I can confidently say nine times out of ten we don't actually play very well, Ooh. and like people like to have this weird, kind of, you know, lack of memory for this. Like people are like, oh, we're not playing very well, guys. We haven't played very well in years. Um, we have games that we are amazing in, but generally we kind of find a way to win, mm-hmm. and it's and scrappy. And like, that was the Crystal Palace game. Yeah. I agree, one, but we know how to. Sp- we know how to fight our way to a win. Yeah. And I need to kind of understand that's the new way of, of us playing. Yeah. I think a lot of people are still kind of hung up in this, we score a goal, we park the bus kind of mentality that we used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're now trying to move into that, let's actually play football. Yeah. And kind of kind of transition. And it's going to take a while for us to get to that spot. Yeah. So I think that's that's what it is. I think you look at the games that we play and how we play and you look at statistics and it feels like there's something not connecting. Yeah. But and I think that's that's why everyone is kind of like up in arms. Because you look at the games and we should be winning them, but actually statistically wise, we haven't done that badly. We haven't, done. We haven't done that badly. Like we haven't played great, yeah. but we find a way to win, and that was the Crystal Palace game. Like it was a ball fest. So, so kind of what I wanted to get to, and the reason why I asked that question, and Jerry, I'll come to you, is because a lot of the time, like, if you're playing well and you have the odd game where actually, you know, it's a stinker, but you still win, that's good. But if every single game is a stinker and you're, you're finding a way to win, that's worrying because then, you know, for me anyway, because I'm feeling, okay, around the corner, we've got a little bit of luck, but when our luck runs out, the, the points are going to drop too. So... So where do you think you're at? Because don't forget, Club World Cup, it's not like we demolish the teams. No, yeah. So, so Jerry, what, what do you think of that crystal, that kind of Crystal Palace win? Because um, I know, like, the reason why I'm asking is because the mood was down. Because it, it did feel like a snatching grab, even though, obviously, we had the offside go from Ziyech. And I, I will get on to Lukaku seven touches. But that Crystal Palace win, is that just one of those, you know, towards the second half of the season, people say squeaky bum times, all that matters is the points on the board, or do you actually think it's something to worry about? Um, I, I don't, I think it, it, it's somewhere in the middle. I think um, I, I empathise with the people who are, you know, were down on the performance because, listen, it, it, was, it was a tough watch, but um, I think what... Generally, um, we had a decent handle on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the lack of rhythm um, and fluidity that has been um, affecting our attack um, okay. w- w- was there again, but we still had chances. Um, we had a goal disallowed. We had Kante through on goal. Yeah. Um, correct me if I... And the, there's probably a few other chances that I, I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. I think if, if that Kante goal goes in and then... Um, at, at the time he had the chance I think maybe we, we build a little bit of confidence mm. um, what for me what, what I've come what I've come to terms with in terms of the, the way we look 
is listen we're we're still struggling to find a, a way to to play the the champagne football that we all want to see um, mm-hmm. but um what i've been taking from the past few games is listen regardless of how how we look in the attacking phase mm-hmm. um we we still look like a very well, well coached side we look organized yeah um and for me listen we're, we're not going to win the premier league but at least we have this base um yeah i, I remember on the lampard in our bad games, we look like an absolute mess. Um, mm-hmm. But under Tuchel, when we're bad, it's just a little bit turgid. Our performances are a little bit lackluster, but yeah. the, the base is there. We still defend well. Um, we don't we don't give up that many chances. And for the majority of games, we, we, we control possession. Um, and I think maybe this is why in the summer, um, a lot of people, me included, thought, Okay, all we need to add is someone to put away the chances. Okay, let's um, and let's it, talk about that. Yeah, and oh, it's, I, I have feelings. Yes, yes. <laughs> feelings. All right, let's let's let these feelings loose. Maybe not all at once because I know it might be a, a lot. But Lukaku, let's get the historical context first. Do we need to? Ah, no, just... I, I think I think we need to. I think we need to because we don't have that historical context. I don't even have it. So tell us. Which, did you support Tosin, the Lukaku move? Yes and no. Okay. I was happy back and I was gassed that he was back, but I was very confused about mm-hmm. why he was back. Okay. Elaborate that on was, that. Elaborate on it. I just thought it was a really odd signing. Um, I Especially then when Tuchel came out and was like, he didn't actually request Lukaku. The board wanted him and Tuchel was happy to have him. I was just like, uh, this is classic Chelsea. Did, did Tuchel say that, though? Did Tuchel say that? No, like, um, I think he had an interview where someone asked him about Lukaku and he was like, I'm happy for him to be here. The board were really excited for him to be here and stuff and I'm happy to have him as a as a member. But it was very, for me personally, I took that as he didn't ask for him. Mm. That was yeah. the board That was the board wanting Lukaku, not the board asking if he wanted him. I feel like that's a jump. For me, that's just a jump in judgment. If he's saying, because Tuchel said a lot of times during the summer, we're all yep. aligned. We're speaking to each other, me, Czech, Marina, we're all aligned yeah. on the same thing. No, yeah, you can be aligned with something and still be like, mm, not too sure. Do you get what I mean? Like, they could have probably all been aligned of, <laughs> let's yeah. get a uh, Lukaku, maybe, you know, maybe the one, and you can be, yeah. But that doesn't mean that he requested that. Okay, but let me let me tell you this. If I'm too cool and I see an issue with Lukaku, then I veto it. Like, yeah. So so I don't think he has to request them. Um, allegedly, and, and this is not confirmed because I like to kind of um, preface things with what we know and what yeah. we assume. So allegedly, with Klopp, he didn't want like he didn't request Salah. He didn't request yeah. Mane. He requested different players, but they presented to him and he said thumbs up. And so. The, the fact that um, whether Tuchel requested Lukaku or not, I don't care. Mm. But the fact that he put the thumbs up means that he's behind the move for me. Is that fair? I would say if it was another team, yes. But Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea's board are known to get players that the managers don't want. And the board also known to, even if the manager says no, to still go. But again, this, this is... Is this, do we know this is fact or do we hear this? No, but like, no, but like, if we just look at the general history of Chelsea, a lot of managers have said that. Give me, give me one, give me one manager, and I want to go. I'm going to search it, not necessarily on this pod, 
So give, yeah. me, give me an example of a manager that said, I didn't want this player, but they bought him even though I didn't want them. Uh, I know Mar- who, there was a player that Mourinho was like, mm, I'm not sure about, but then also... Uh, you can't name one, but you want to use I, it as an example. Give me a second. I'm actually going to okay. Google this. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so, so, Jerry, we'll come to you on Lukaku. Now, Jerry, I've seen you play football. Does it piss you off that you have a better touch than Lukaku? And <laughs> does it piss you off? Hey, it, baff- it's, it baffles me. It doesn't piss me off, but yeah. it's a little bit confusing. Obviously, we're playing at different levels, different yeah. intensities, but yeah. it's a little bit confusing how you can go through, you play football almost every day of your life for 10, 15 years, mm. and the, the touch just isn't there. But um, I guess I, I, I remember, um, I think it was one of... So I remember someone saying this is before um, Lukaku left Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, the, the reason for his touch, um, I think it was a coach talking about players similar to Lukaku. I don't think he was speaking about Lukaku specifically, mm-hmm. but he was saying that the reason why players who are physically dominant at youth level don't develop a touch is because, or develop a closer touch, because they don't need to, because when they overrun the ball, when they overrun, uh, overrun the ball, sorry, they're quicker, stronger mm-hmm. than everyone else. So. Mm-hmm. At that level, the touch is fine. And if we were playing in a, in a system that left lots of space, you're, you're able to get away with a bit more with your touch. Mm. But in terms of Lukaku coming in the summer, I've always, when I think about strikers that we need, I've always thought we should prioritise strikers who play well um, in and around the box and can find their own route to goal. So you said, yeah, so, so you didn't like the idea of Lukaku coming in? No, no, I, I, I was against. I won't lie to you. The Arsenal game, yeah, it's I, 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 I started buying stocks after the Arsenal game, but it's fair. I think, I think this. I think once a player, once you know a player's coming, then you just kind of. I feel like you kind of have to get behind it. Do you know what I'm saying? When it comes down to it, I'm not saying that you can't criticize them, but I once a player signs with Chelsea, I want them to do well. There's an initial one, regardless of whether I wanted them or not. I put my ego to the side. I want them to do well. So I'm not asking if after the Arsenal match you started doing well, then you got like you should get behind it. You're a Chelsea fan, and if it looks good, then fine, get behind it. But just in terms of your general analysis, when you first saw the link, you wasn't behind it. Uh, no, I just the, the the one of the biggest things for me was um, I was a bit worried because spending. 97 million on a 28 year old there's not a lot of room to maneuver if it goes wrong um and i mean we're all aware of the issues we've had with strikers Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was the first thing for me the second thing for me was like okay lukaku i didn't watch him that much in the premier league um, with united but it just didn't i I, i'd rather if we couldn't get our number one signing apparently that was harland um for me i thought we're okay with what we have we don't we don't need 100% need. Yeah, we don't need to force okay. it. All right, so we've got the context from you. Now, the seven touches, there's a debate. And then, Tosin, if you're ready to chime in or if you still need to go and research, that's fine. But there's a... It was Mourinho. Go on. Mourinho said it. What did Mourinho say? That um, him, and the, him and the board are not... Um, they don't always agree 100% about what type of players um, to, to, to buy. Yeah, but then, like... Okay, cool. Well, send me the article, we'll do it after, because I can't right. do it without reading the article. <laughs> but coming on to, to Lukaku, um, we saw match of the day analysis say one thing, it was almost like strikers union, and 
And they said, it, to be fair, they said it was a bit of chicken in the egg in terms of who's at fault. Is it the fact that the players aren't finding Lukaku or is it that Lukaku is lacking movement, etc.? So there's just two different kind of views on it. Um, now, I want to get historical context again. So tell me whose fault you think it is. Do you think it's more with creation or the system or whatever, or you think it's more of Lukaku? And then also give me the context of, have you always felt this way or has it changed? So we'll start with you, Tosin. I think it's the system and Lukaku. Okay. So you think 50-50? I think it's 50-50. Okay. So um, you're going. I think... I kind of didn't watch Lukaku when he was in the Premier League, but I did kind of see glimpses of him when he was in Syria. Okay. And when you say glimpses, did you watch matches or just yeah, highlights? I say that I watched like every single match that he okay. was. But like you know, I would see some games or like see some clips and then go and like watch like the games or like the highlights of whatever people are posting yeah. when they'll do their Lukaku propaganda on the TL. Yeah. Um, and. I think he's a player who likes to kind of, like you said, likes to be incredibly aggressive at the front, you know, use his strength yeah. as, a, as, a, as a strength, really, to try and, you know, push past players to score the goals and stuff. And he's a very kind of, for me personally, very individualistic player, mm-hmm. where it's like, if, say, the, gate, um, the ball is on the other side of the, um, of the field and everyone else is chipping in to defend, he doesn't bother. Yeah. Um, and... So that's where I think it's like the system for Chelsea because that's what we do. like nine times out of ten. Like even what you know, even with the different managers, we've always been like everyone chips in. Okay. Kind of. And I think he knew that because mm-hmm. he's and I would have thought maybe he would at least look at how we play now and try and adapt himself. So that's where I think he's at fault. I don't personally, I personally don't see enough of him trying to adapt to the system that we're playing in but at the same time I feel like if we've bought such a expensive player we should at least try and adapt the system to his strengths Mm -hmm. but as 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 a club as a team we've never done that we've never kind of relied solely on one player to score goals yeah, but to be, fair, to be fair, as a team, we always seem to... I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Every single time we buy a striker that for big money and it feels mm-hmm. like we're always... The season, rather than the aim just being let's pick up as many trophies as possible. Yeah. With all of these guys, it's like, how do we get this big money striker firing? We've been here before. Yeah. Um, so so I've got yours. You think it's 50-50. Jerry, yeah. system or uh, Lukaku? What percentage are you blaming it on? Um, I want to say 70-30, blame wrestling on Lukaku. 70 on Lukaku, 30 on the system. Let's stick with the system first, then we'll go to Lukaku. Because do you you know what it is with the system? So Mm -hmm. for me, um, we had this issue last year as well. Um, It was, I I still don't know what it is, but there is a reluctance from our players, a a lot of them, when they see the pass. You you know that meme where um, it's Diddy and that person in the... And they're looking... and they're just looking at each other. It's yeah. like that. The person will be making the run, looking at them. They'll be looking at him and decide, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to pass it. And for me, that, that's that been happening mm. like for, for a couple of years now. Um, and for me, the only, the only explanation left is it must be a tactical thing. Um, mm. So in, in, in that way, maybe, maybe system-wise, that doesn't help Lukaku. But listen, football is not binary. It's not black and white. 
if mm. you're if you're not getting those um, runs in behind, that doesn't mean you can't. If if the team aren't playing to your strengths, it doesn't mean you have nothing left. Like you can still contribute to the game. You can still contribute mm-hmm. to the team. And this isn't a, a youth player who needs to find his feet. This is a growing man of 28 years old, racked up over 330 million in transfer fees over his career. Mm-hmm. He's played over two, 300 games. I mean, like you, you should be able to get more than seven touches in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not just Crystal Palace. Yeah. In terms of having a, uh, Tom Sukal has spoken about having a reference point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's spoken about, one his striker, or he spoke about Lukaku's strengths being pinning the man um, and then playing in and around that. But like I said, football is not black and white. You, yeah. don't, you can't just wait for those situations to happen before you play. And for me, it, it, it might be confidence. It might be lack of motivation. I, I can't speak to what it is, but uh, what I can say is um, he, he started 10 games in a row. And mm-hmm. in those 10 games, there's nothing to tell me that he should be starting the next 10. Okay. Okay. Mm. I agree. Okay. I agree. So, but, so go on. So, I might, because I think Jerry is 100% right. Like everything he said is spot on completely. Um, you know, it's like of everything in life. I feel like if I was behaving like Lukaku at my job, I would rightly get fired. How is Lukaku behaving that you don't like? I understand having your strengths and I understand wanting to play how you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. but times where that is not possible. In everyday life, there are times where we want to do something we feel comfortable in, but we know that's not the right answer. We have to kind of step out of our comfort zone, do something different, change things around. Yeah. Me, it seems like he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. He wants to have his comfort zone and doesn't want to do anything else. And it's you're 28 years, you're a grown man. You understand how the world is. Are you bringing his age into Both of you bringing his age into Okay, I no. get it's more, exper- it's more experience than age. But but uh, then yeah. but then but then if I'm in a career, for instance, when you're younger, yeah. it's easy for people to say, go do this. Like if I'm a if I'm a graphics designer, I'm not a programmer, and they're like, actually, we need you to kind of learn programming. When you're younger, you might just do it. But then yeah. as you get older, you're like, actually, no, I'm you you you, you like you gave me the job as a designer. I'm here to do designer, that's what I agreed to do, and therefore. When we agreed on that, that's what I expect you to do. Um, but Dan, so if if Dan. Lukaku, let me finish. If Lukaku, I'm just, I'm just, it's not being rude, but if Lukaku yeah. has said to Tuchel and has spoken about it, said, "Look, this is this is my game. I know my game. I like to play counter-attacking football, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'll stay up top. Yeah, I can come in and do that, but I need the channels." And if they've had that conversation, and when it comes down to it, now he's asking to do um, other stuff, then. Can't you understand why he's frustrated? Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Listen, I understand why he's, I understand why he's frustrated. Um, but it's not like we're asking him to do like stuff drastically different from what he was doing at Inter. Um, at Inter, he was still dropping in, picking the ball up, um, interchanges with, with uh, Lautaro Martinez, yeah. with the other teammates. A lot. I mean, I, I can only speak to highlights, but a, a, a lot of the time in those highlights... Um, you'll see him picking up the ball in the midfield, turning and then running at the fences. Right, but... Um, right, but... Like laying, you said, laying it off, passing you, and moving. And for, for me, do you, do you know what it is? So, um, anyone will tell you, if you've played at any level, 
if you if you, this, if you if you played it, we know you play football. No, if you, I'm just saying, if you play at any level, you know, like when marking a player who moves is so annoying because you always have to be switched on. You always have to be watching him. It's mentally and physically draining. So as a centre back, as a centre back for me, if Lukaku is just standing there waiting for the ball to be played into his feet, um, a Premier League centre back isn't going to have a problem with that. But do you know, uh, do you know what it is? I know, he, I, know, he, I, know, I know even you say, if he, I know you say a Premier League centre back isn't going to have a problem with it, but they have had problems. Let's, I think people, let's 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 get it straight. Let's have it right. Lukaku played in the Premier League for years. All right, so he's not someone that hasn't. You know, he's just come over from other leagues now he's struggling. He's played. And so this whole, oh, Lukaku works in Italy and he doesn't work in England. We've seen him work in England to a degree. Now, you talk, about if you, played, you talk about if you play football to any other level when you, the movement, movement, movement. Yes. When there's strikers that move a lot, they pose a really difficult problem for a defender. But also, when you play against someone that's big and strong, even if they just stand in front of you and then they receive the ball, Sometimes it's just they're difficult because you, you might know where they are, but like Lukaku, and this is one of his strengths, and he says it, if you give me the ball into feet, he can hold players off and it's, it can be difficult to control. Now, the thing yeah. is, with a Chelsea, the what I'd say is under Tuchel, and I think Thierry Henry said this, and we'll come to you second, Tosin. And Jamie, oh. hold your point just in case you had another point, but we'll come back to you. But Thierry Henry said, as soon as he saw the link, he said, wait a minute. This doesn't sound right because I know Lukaku. Don't forget, Thierry, coach of Belgium, yeah. worked, worked one-on-one with Lukaku, so knows his game intimately, right? So he said, well, this might not work. From what I'm seeing of Tuchel, he likes his players to run around, this dynamic, et cetera, et cetera. Lukaku really is a static striker. Like we're talking about, not someone that moves yeah. around, someone that likes to pin the defender and use his strength, not that much movement. So Thierry Henry knew him as a player. And even in his early days, Conte, even when Lukaku was doing okay, because I think he his his goal ratio by that point was don't forget he scored like two against Villa, one against Arsenal, and I yeah. think it was another game. So his goal at this point, his goals were looking good. Conte came out saying, "Listen, Chelsea are using uh, Lukaku wrong." So it's not even like there was a drought that prompted that. He said, "No, trust me, Chelsea are using him wrong." So when yeah. Jerry, when Jerry says it's not like we're asking to do something different, Conte noticed very early. Whoa, this isn't good. And even at that point, and I'm coming to you, Tosin, Lukaku kind of let it slip in one of the interviews. Yeah, well, I prefer to play differently. So, so Tosin, you have something that you want to chime in on. What did you want to say? It's like, this is why I'm saying, I just feel like the whole signing thing didn't make any sense to me. And obviously we don't know what's said in the back. But yeah. We don't think So I can't, I can't talk to, but it feels like it was, for me personally, it feels like it was a, okay, shit, we should get him. Mm. There was no planning. And I've always had this issue with Chelsea. We like to buy players, but don't plan why we're buying these players. Like, can it no, just be a bad plan? Can it just, like... like the- yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it can be a bad plan. And sometimes I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want to understand what this plan is. Yes, that's how yeah. I was. Yeah, no, sometimes there are bad plans. I can see what they were trying to do and it doesn't work out and that's fine. And mm-hmm. sometimes I think the car clues this. There must have been a plan, but I can't see the plan. So, so too cool. We don't even have to speculate because yeah. obviously there's loads of press conference. And so when we were linked to a plan, at this point, we hadn't zeroed in on Lukaku because we were yeah. linked with Haaland, we were linked with Kane, we were linked with Lukaku. 
and I think as Jerry mentioned before, he talked, um, so Tuchel said this, he said, if you look at it, we don't have Giroud, we don't have Tammy. And so the profile that we're missing in our squad is a reference point. We don't necessarily have a reference point. And so he said that um, when we looked again with Kane and Haaland, they said, and Lukaku was that we're looking for that reference point to be a reference point of our attack. And uh-huh. which was strange to me again, just because I was like, okay, cool. But you sold Tammy and Giroud and you barely played them. So why yeah. do we need the reference point? But then when it came closer to Lukaku and when we zeroed in on Lukaku, he did talk about how Lukaku is someone that can play on the channels, but also someone that can now play up like during the centre-up because obviously yeah. a lot of people talked about how Conte works with him in terms of being that back-to-goal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the plan was for him to be our reference point. Yeah. And yeah, so, but that, that hasn't really worked and I don't understand why that, like you said, like you said, it's confusing why yeah. he was going for a reference point. But it's not like there was no plan. He, he, I just feel like whatever they thought was going to work. Wasn't, it? it wasn't a fully-fledged plan to me it didn't it, mm. it seemed like they were like right we need a reference point Lukaku's available let's get him yeah but I don't feel like they really sat down and did the nitty-gritties of it mm. I think there's also an element of um like we took a risk um <laughs> and it just hasn't panned out yeah because every every there's a risk every transfer there's a risk yeah uh, but it, in as much as Lukaku we're not playing to Lukaku's strengths I think um it, it's it's Obviously, we've got a team that is a mismatch of, of different players from different times, uh, different regimes at Chelsea. Can, can we? Can we just? Can I just quickly interject? And I won't take long. Everyone says this, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired you, of it. You ain't United even heard my point. You ain't even heard my point yet. You ain't even. I know, no, no, no. Because I'm going to let you finish your point, but I just want to interject here, if I can, Jerry. You're supposed to be soft-spoken Ghanaian, and now you're <laughs> now you're raising your face to me now, but. All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. Um, in this day of age, the most likelihood is you're going to come into a club with a mishmash of players from different managers. Yeah. Because, like, unless you're going to take over one of those legacy clubs that have had a manager for ten years, the likelihood is it's going to be that mishmash. Mm-hmm. So when people keep on saying it's a mishmash, this is the remit of a job in today's world. So let's not have no sad puppy tears for no all of that type of stuff. Okay, Jerry, you can continue. Okay, my point was. Um, we have a different group of players. Um, because of that, no formation is gonna fit everyone. At the end of the, at the end of the day, you're gonna have to adapt. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'll, I'll let you continue again, but I have to cut in again. What the hell? What the hell? No formation is gonna work because they're a mishmash of players. I'm sorry. That's not what I, I said. That's that's not what I said. Okay, but I, you're I, said, I said I said no formation is gonna completely fit every player, right? Listen, I'm trying to land my point, but Storm Dan ain't trying to run it. <laughs> Storm Dan, that might be the name of the point. All right, let, but, let, but let you land. My point was players have to adapt. Let's take Marcus Alonso for example. Oh no, please. The, the, <laughs> let him go. See Storm Posen. Go on, go on. <laughs> there's a there's a drop in 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 his play when he goes from left wing back to left back. We all understand it. Doesn't suit him as well. Mm-hmm. We take um, Aspilicueta, same thing. Mm-hmm. But all these players, regardless of ages, have found ways to still contribute to the team. And that's all we're asking for Lukaku. If if you can find a way to play in this team, we're not saying, listen, we want you to 
be picking up the ball, dribbling past three guys, lay off. We just want more than seven touches. <laughs> and, um, Jimmy. and for me, at time at, at times, I feel like we're, we're we're making excuses. We're making excuses for Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I de- I definitely want Tuchel to do more. I think a coach of his level. Wait, wait. Let's stick on it, Lukaku. It, yeah, we, we but, can get to Tuchel. But but oh. but, but for, for Lukaku. I definitely think you have to take responsibility and 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 I haven't seen any change in in the way he's played. I haven't oh. seen it, I haven't seen any any I, I, any I any adjustment. So I, that, I I think I think Chelsea fans are very I mean interview aside, I think Chelsea fans are very willing to work with you um using team as an example. You don't, you don't you don't you don't even have to you, listen, you don't even have to do it. You just have to look like you're trying to do it. I'm and most of, most of the times fans will give you a bit of time. Okay, cool. it just—it it doesn't look like anything's changing. Je- no, okay, I- cool. Tosin, I'm going to come to you one second. You love to speak on behalf of everybody. Yeah, like, we want this. No, like you just speak on behalf of yourself from now on, please. Tosin, go on. No, yeah, I have to kind of agree as well. Like, I, one of the things I like I'm doing was right to speak. to watch training videos and like you know, like the clips that they post on YouTube yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And there was one. I realize a lot of the time is like when they're doing exercises and stuff everyone's running around and Lukaku just stands there yeah but, but then it's I'm, like I don't mean to interrupt but I do <laughs> <laughs> but but everybody knows that like, historically people talk about Aguero being a bad trainer Eden Hazard being a bad <laughs> trainer and I'm not so, saying yeah I'm just saying that like for me personally if you know even even the people who were bad trainers, like if you look, watch some of the videos, you can at least see some think, like mm-hmm. some, right? There's yeah. been a lot of videos that they've seen where Lukaku is just standing there. Yeah. And hey, it could absolutely, I'll give him benefit of the doubt, it could have been that they have clipped it at a different point or, you mm-hmm. know, they didn't know the whole thing. I get it. I understand that. I'm not the saying. The editors that. are against Lukaku. The Chelsea YouTube editors are against Lukaku. Right. <laughs> That's a wild statement. I I want nothing to do with that. I please. I'm just trying to clear my name. But I, what I'm saying is that even from just what we're seeing, you know, it's like you know, it's like being mentioned. Like even Timo Werner hasn't been the best, but like when you watch these videos, you can see effort. Mm-hmm. You can see something. And I'm not saying that every player needs to be the best player or the best person in training. Yeah. But for me, if you're trying to make an effort, at least make an effort like I'm not saying you need to now run a hundred meter sprints if you that's not what you do like mm-hmm. it but if you're trying to if you you know if you're trying to convince your boss or something or do something you do put in a bit more effort you do I, I, I get that I get that I get I, I get that oh see it again I just want to say I understand what I understand that we're not showing the whole clips I get it I get it but it feels like Lukaku has kind of gone, it's my way or the highway. And that's, I think that's where we are at now, where Which, it's like, because he's mentioned it a couple of times that he's not happy. Yes. And it makes me wonder what was said in the negotiations for you to say yes, and then be very quick to be like, I, I'm not happy here. But I mean, some, sometimes things like happen like that. Do you know what I'm saying? When you're mm-hmm. shopping, you think something looks good and you get, and you're very quick, you're like, it's the wrong decision. And yeah. So it, that sometimes it be like that. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it. Yeah, can... yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what this is. I think it's a bad decision. Yeah. I think no one is at fault of this decision. Mm-hmm. 
I think there was a plan. It hasn't worked out. And now we kind of have to find a way to finish the season. I don't like that. I don't like that no one's at fault. I think I think there's been big fault. And if you said that you saw it, Terry Henry said he saw it. I saw it. Jerry didn't want Lukaku. Like when it comes down to it, when I looked at it, all, everything that's been manifested since has come true. And I don't even think it's because you have to be super intelligent. Um, yeah. I think with the... I just, don't forget. I don't, like, just quickly, don't forget, he's not new to us. He's, yeah. um, we've seen him at a big club at Man United and we see, we've seen him have these problems. I will even forgive people that think that at Everton, the Everton fans just thought he was amazing and he was great. But actually, the Everton fans, because I was up in the North at the time and I spoke to them, they was like, yeah. because don't forget, Lukaku at the time was linked with both Manchester United and Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. And then Morata ended up coming to us and Lukaku ended up going to Man United. So I was in the North at the time um, and I was working with lots of scousers and I, some of them are Everton fans. And I said, OK, give me your opinion because you watch them regularly. And I said, give me your opinion on Lukaku. And he said, you probably don't understand it because we're Everton and he's probably scored the most goals for us in, in a while. But I don't care if he goes. Give us the money. And what he said was he stands up front a lot of the time. He's always moaning and pointing where he wants the ball, but he doesn't do much movement. Yeah. And, he, and, then, and, and, and he's, all of that type of stuff that he was saying, he, talk, he went to United and all my, my United fans were complaining again. He does this, yeah. he does that. And so he goes to Italy and everyone's talking about new Lukaku, people that don't watch him regularly. And then people are now shocked when the same things are happening at Chelsea. So I yeah. think it's heavily on Chelsea. That's bad scouting. It is bad scouting, especially for, for Tuchel, who we've just seen a front three where they're dynamic, they work hard. And we all heard Tuchel talk about a counter press, how many times we win the ball in the final third. And I was just thinking, this Lukaku doesn't sound like a Tuchel player. He doesn't run hard. He's not counter pressing. Yeah. All of that. And so I think it's an L on Chelsea's behalf. I think it's an L yeah. on Lukaku's behalf because Lukaku has, is, he just had a big flop in the Premier League um, at Man United, all the memes, et cetera, et cetera. And I think if I was Lukaku, I was like, look, don't rock the boat. You're in a good place finally. Just finish mm-hmm. your career with some credit rather than coming back to the Premier League. And he put that at risk and now he wants to run back. Um, Tosin, you wanted to come in quickly. Yeah, the only reason why I said that no one's up felt was because I don't know what happens behind the scenes. So I don't want to be like, oh, this person, this person, because I don't know what's been said. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so like, I, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, like obviously everything you said about Lukaku is correct, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he promised a, a change in his behaviour. But why, you know, why, would you, I, why would you sign 100 million and then want them to change? This is what I don't get. It's a hundred million. I want you as you are. If it's a hundred million, and you're not you're not twenty, which means that if you're twenty and it's hundred million, maybe in the future I, I feel like you can grow into a player. You're mm. twenty-eight, a hundred million. I'm not looking for you to change. I'm sorry. I'm buying you as you are, and that's why I think it's a big L. Because if now both sides agree that it doesn't fit, then both are wrong for making this happen. That's just my yeah. opinion. And no, then, no, you're correct. Go. I just, I just have all of the facts and information so I didn't want to start saying all of this stuff I think it's good to be careful and to always question what we know and what we don't yeah because um, I want to start saying oh Chelsea because I don't know what will happen behind the scenes I don't know what the reasoning for him being scouted is I don't you know like there is so much I don't know so I can't be like oh Chelsea Lukaku and Lafont <laughs> so those decisions where yes both people are at fault but yeah. at the same don't think it's anyone else's fault because 
it could have worked. It could have worked. And if it did work, no one would be saying anything. It, it could have worked, but when it comes down to it, I just think 100 million, 28, I think four months in, the, the guy says he wants to go back. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. So that yeah. to me is horrible. But um, can, 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 I, yeah. can I can I just can I just end this? Can I just end sorry, go on. I was gonna say people also forget that he did break off of his guard during that time, so he was going through it. Yeah. But um yeah. okay, not, go on, Jerry. Go on, Jerry. Go on. I just want to end this segment with uh regardless of everything we said, um six touches from open play in 90 minutes of football is absolutely insane. That's all I wanted to say. I think it's cool. I just think it's impressive because it's kind of just like even Alonso is better than that. Yeah, I mean, what I will say, what I will say, and we're not going to end the segment. I know you might be listening thinking, let it end. I know Jerry's listening and saying, let it end. <laughs> but if we can squeeze every single drop, because this is record-breaking. What I will say is this. I think people, um, it depends on what type of striker you are. Because we talk about Kane, and I, I remember, was it the World Cup or the Euros? Whatever it was the past summer. And everyone was saying, oh, actually, um, Kane should stay up front rather than wanted to come back and touch the ball and get on the ball. Because it can be very lonely up front. And I've said this a couple of times. When you when you play up front, you're probably not going to get that many chances because you're in an area of the pitch, especially if you're one of those strikers that stay up front to sniff. You're in an area of the pitch that is the most dangerous for someone to score. They'll put loads of defenders around you. They'll put defensive midfielders around you. It's difficult to get touches when you're up front. The only difference is this is record. It's, since records began with Opta, He's had the least touches. He had, in the first half, one of his touches was the kickoff and he had one more touch. It's absolutely poor. And like Jerry mentioned before, he's not really been involved in games anyway. Now, there's other strikers we've had like Giroud and people have complained, Giroud doesn't get on the ball, he's not touched the ball much. But the difference is, every single run, Giroud makes it. I heard a match of the day, them complaining, saying the ball didn't come through and that's why he gets disheartened. As a striker... If you're just staying up front, you can't afford. If you're 100 million, you can't afford to be this hard. I don't care if the ball didn't come through last time. Every single time you have to make that run. And what I don't like about Lukaku is he's not doing nothing. He's not running for himself. When I say running for himself, I'm saying make these different moves to trick the defender to get into good position. But he's also not running for the team. Like, do you know when we talk about when Havertz or Vern or whatever make a run away yeah. from the goal to open for the rest of the team. He's not doing any of that. So when it comes down to it, all he's doing, and we saw it in the Super Cup, is essentially just standing around, hoping the ball comes in the box and then he could bully it in. And I'm sorry, yeah. we can't play like that. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, go well, on. Right. And I think another thing that people... Um, well, one thing I've realised is that he's very quick to have a go at other players. Yes. That's what people... Yeah. That's, that's very, very quick. It's like, babes... Look at yourself first. Okay, have that some is. of the that you've got have been have they been great? No, that's a different issue. But you're very quick to to be pulling someone aside and whispering in their ear aggressively. Yeah. But yeah. what you? But no one can do that to you. It seems like it's a very like a. Yeah. For me personally, from what I've seen, especially on the field, it seems like a very team and Lukaku, yeah. like every of like chipping in and doing what they need to do, okay. and then and it's like. Again, I need to bring up his age. You're 28. <laughs> All right, cool. We know. Born in 1993. At your big, big age. Okay, At all your right. big, big age. It's okay. okay. 
All right. So in the game, I know we've talked a lot about it, but I think that needed um, to be discussed at length because, again, it's record-breaking. But in the game as well, and actually someone tweeted the touchline main pod saying we don't talk about Havertz and we let him go and oh, Jesse, I are going to address Kai. And Kai, it was a bit of a weird one. So I know Tosa will get on the Pulisic, but that game was mm-hmm. a bit of a weird one because we played a 4-1, 4-1. Now, Tuchel actually spoke and said, actually, we wanted to play a 4-1, 4-1 because Ziyech is in form. <laughs> and, and Ziyech, so 4-3-3, Ziyech, he said he thinks he plays his best football as a touchline when not on the right. And so we had Ziyech playing on the right. We had Kai playing wide left. Then it almost felt like Pulisic should play in mm-hmm. the end. And then we had uh, Jorginho and who is it with Jorginho? Kante? Kante. Jorginho and Kante. Kante. So I want to talk about Kai's game because I don't think Kai had a great game. I'm not saying that he had the worst game ever, but I think in that wide left spot, I don't think he had a a good game. And I know a lot of people talking about even like, I'm seeing, do you know that Premier League app? I hate that because what people do is just condense people's performances to goals and assists. But I know that Kai is an attacker. And so I've seen like, Kai compared to Fred, the fact that he's got two goals in the league and Fred's got two goals and maybe even Elanga's got two goals, Kai's got two goals. And so there's this kind of whole discourse about Kai being a flop, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to talk about Kai, but also the Kai on the left at Palace, because obviously we're going to still cover the Lille game. So we'll start with you, Jerry. So with Kai in the Palace game, what did you think of his game? Um, I thought... He was, I thought he was okay. Um, I think when he plays out there on the left, you get good combination play. Um, I think where where people might have wanted more, or where well, where personally, I would have liked to see more is, is, is a yes. bit more, bit more threat, <laughs> a bit more threat from him. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think he's completely comfortable out there on the left, mm-hmm. um, and he tends to tends to go back in. Um, whether to Pulisic or, or or I think it was Saar playing there. Yeah. Um, so I, I I don't think he's ever been co- uh, completely comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for me, would it would have it, it been more natural if we had Pulisic out there um, okay. and then had Kai in the middle. Yeah. Um, maybe linking up with, with Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Pulisic himself didn't look particularly comfortable um, in in the center of the field. Yeah. But for me. Uh, it was it was just a, a quiet performance from from him, and he, he right. tends to have these, um, these, yeah, these these kind of games where he kind of just floats in and out of the game. Um, I mean, and then, and then in the next couple of games, he'll really take it by the scruff of the neck. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. So let's focus on Kai zero on Kai. So he played left, but it felt like he played wide left as well. But yeah. I'm looking at sofa score. He touched the ball forty seven times. Um, so obviously that's 40 more times than the Kaku. <laughs> that's how we have to base off. We have to do the calculations. I remember he did a good run um, and he had some nice touches, um, but but I, I can't remember the game completely. But Tosin, what did you what do you remember of Kai's performance? Yeah, I definitely thought he was quiet, but I, I think people were over-exaggerating his performance, I feel, on Twitter, which, yeah. I mean, when are they not? Yeah. I don't think best game but I don't think he was awful mm-hmm. you know there were a couple of runs that he was doing that I thought you know sadly it didn't mount to anything but I was like you know good on you for doing that yeah. he, I 
chipping in where he could. But again, I just think it's like he's not comfortable there. But yeah. he's still giving it a go. Yes. Okay, so, I get that. That's a call back to Lukaku. Even if you're not comfortable, Rom, still give it a go. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. That's, right. And I think that's what most of the Chelsea players, I think, this season have done. There's been times where we, they, players have been playing in positions they don't feel 100% comfortable in. But they will still give a go. And is it their best performances? Oh. No. I can appreciate you still putting in an effort. Putting I hear in a that. I hear um, you know, and it's not, it's not me like saying that Kai, you know, Kai should have done more in that game. Absolutely. I, I don't think it was his best game, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was as awful as people say it is. And I think we also forget that Crystal Palace are actually a very difficult team to play against. Yes. Um, yes. So it meant that it wasn't just him who had a lackluster performance, you yes. know, but seemed to be honing in on him specifically. Crystal mm-hmm. Palace are difficult to play with. We really, the whole team struggled. Yeah, for most of that game, but it yeah. seems like Kai is the one who everyone is coming after. It's like, I know, guys, but it's, it's because Kyle Lukaku they're big money signings, and so yeah, no, of course, of course, I get like, that happens. But I just kind of want to quickly. So on, I think you said something about how Kai was played in a position like wide left. Look, I know I can't remember what game it was, but I think Kai linked up with Werner, whether he came off the bench or whatever, down the left, and then he I crossed the ball in and he found. I think it was Ziyech or someone, and they scored the goal. Similarly, Alonso. Yeah, Alonso, and he scored the goal. Similarly, if we think about the Super Cup assist from the left, left foot, et cetera, et cetera. So part of me thinks that the reason why he played on the left, if they've seen actually, Kai's all-round game, and Tuchel said this himself, he says that actually, I think, Tuchel said, I think Kai's been consistent in his all-round game. The only thing that maybe you can question is his productive productivity. So potentially, yeah. and this is just me kind of theorising, potentially he said, oh, actually, I, we can see that actually Kai is quite good at crossing from the left. So maybe he thought, let's put Kai on the left and he can do those crosses and then maybe he can score. But I just feel like it wasn't a good position for him. And I think the reason why I kind of interrupted you is because um, you kind of mentioned how Kai's been put in a position that he doesn't want to play, but he's still giving it a go. Why do all of these players, why should they all be put into positions they don't feel comfortable with? Essentially, I remember when Conte came in, and this is back to what Jerry said in terms of when these managers come in and it's a mishmash of, like, everyone has it. When Conte came in, guess what? A mishmash, right? And what he did was he brought a couple of players and then he changed the formation to where most of the players actually were in a position that they were natural. Matic was comfortable in the pivot. Kante was comfortable in the pivot. Moses was comfortable at right wing back. Alonso, comfortable left wing back. David Luiz, comfortable as the sweeper. Cahill and whoever, was it Rudy? I can't remember who it was. Uh, comfortable in that back three. Hazard, comfortable in the inside 10. Even Pedro, William and Costa, everyone was comfortable. So if, we're keep, if we keep on saying that, actually... Ziyech isn't comfortable in this position, Kai's not comfortable in that position, then doesn't that reflect on maybe Tuchel hasn't done enough to find at least the right combination for the right formation? Yes and no. I think at the beginning of the season, I think we did see what he would like to do. But I think with injuries and everything, and I'm not trying to excuse it, but I think with injuries and everything, it's meant what, that... What did, he like, what did he want to do at the beginning of the season? He wanted to do Lukaku, Havertz and Mount, right? Yeah, I think yeah. he still played Havertz left. Yeah, but it was it was different. So like yesterday, also Crystal Palace, we played four one four one. So Ooh. that was touchline left winger. 
in the three four three, that's an inside forward. So Kai yeah. inside forward, it kind of makes more sense than Kai like wide left. But yeah. but I think I was just asking you, Tosin. You you were saying that at the beginning you thought you feel like he wanted to do what? I just I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah. at the beginning we started with Mount Havertz and the Kaku, right? At the, yeah, at the beginning of the season, like when we look at the kind of formation and where they where you know and the players and stuff, I feel like that was you know again I don't know too cool, but for me watching the games and before all of the injuries started, I feel like that was our most comfortable. That was line. an idea, right? But that was, but yeah. it had out that way because of everything that's happened. So I think he's still trying to see what else he can do, and especially since we didn't get anyone. We didn't get the people that we potentially should have gotten in the January transfer to try and... But, but the only thing I'm saying is it has to be very quick in management, right? Yeah. So once they didn't have a long time, we got slapped to Liverpool, slapped to Arsenal, and then he stayed in the, the... As the story's told, he slept in the training ground and he was just trying to figure out the perfect formation that fits in a lot of these best players. And not obviously, some of the best players didn't play. Like, Fabregas had to sit on the bench. Because... I don't want to talk about that really upsets me. But... Yeah, but, but this is what I'm saying. Some people ha- were sacrificed to yeah. a formation that fit and then he stuck with it. And if the thing is with Tuchel, um, so many attackers, and he said, maybe it's my, maybe it is my fault because I keep on switching attackers and obviously we're switching formations now. So I think part of it, I just wanted to say, Tuchel has to take the blame. But we talked about Kai. Um, have we got anything to say on Kai? Because I want to go to the Pulisic next. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's talk about uh, Captain America. Um, <laughs> we babe. Can, yeah, we can start with you, Tosin. So um, he played that weird position that we were talking about. It felt like almost like a 10, but some people mm-hmm. think that he thinks he played left central midfield against Palace. Yeah. Now, um, how do you think he played? Because, again, I'm seeing my, my opinion. Some people think he played well. Some people don't think he played well. How did you think he played in the Palace game? I think it's been his, cons- like, it, it kind of... How do I say it? It's it kind of is the story of his season so far, where it's like he wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the reasons is is actually he's only played his preferred position three times this whole season. Mm. Again, issue, and, right? Yeah, an issue. All times he's played his preferred position, he scored. Um, I yeah, I, I'm not going to sit him to defend that Crystal Palace performance. I don't think it was great, mm-hmm. but. No, it, it, it wasn't fantastic, but I do have to commend him for giving it a go. Yeah. And you know, and you can you can see from the Crystal Palace performance, the first time he played in that position, there has been an improvement. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I think he's really, you know, obviously he preferred to play in his preferred position, but I think he's seeing this as a learning opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and... So I do think it was his best performance in that position, but it wasn't great. Okay. Because he's <laughs> talked about, um, Pulisic talked about when they asked him when he went to America, he was talked about saying, look, I just do my best, but I've been yeah. playing, I haven't necessarily played my best position, but I've been yeah. to play, I've been told to play wing back and all of the different places. I just do my best. So yeah. Jerry, I want to come to you. What did you think about Pulisic? First and foremost, the choice to play Pulisic in that weird position and then his performance. Um, I mean, I can see playing sort of devil's advocate. Sorry, I can I can see maybe where where Pulisic would have had um, uh, the opportunity to run at the defense from central areas. Mm-hmm. 
link up with the other attacking players and maybe it would have given him a bit more freedom mm-hmm. um, to, to find avenues to, to, to affect the defence. And he did make a couple mm-hmm. of runs at, at the, at the centre of the defence. Um, but for me, I just thought he looked lost. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he didn't really know what, what to do. He was yeah. kind of... He was kind of just vibing out there. Um, mm. But I, I don't think it was a terrible performance. Uh, mm. in, in, but I just think he, he he just looked a bit lost. And I mean, to be fair to him, he has played quite a few positions this season. Um, yeah. He's play, played up front, played left wing, played right, played yeah. right wing back, left wing yeah. back. Um, so I, I guess I wasn't... I, I he wasn't enamoured. Yeah. I, 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 yeah I, don't, I, I certainly don't think he'll play there again. All right. Um, well, let's hope so. <laughs> All right. Let's hope cool. You never know. Okay, cool. Okay, so that's, that's the LeBron James, the football you're talking about. <laughs> oh, right. no, please. All right, cool. I want to talk about ZH because ZH um, is such a weird one because I know a lot of people kind of had him down as someone. To, um, so I know I personally have flirted with the idea of selling him. But past couple of performances, he's been the guy. Like our yeah. attack hasn't been working, but to be fair, whether it's three four three or whether it's four one four one, I know that Tuchel said we played the four one four one four ZH, but I think he's been hooping. Now let's let uh, he scored the goal, but obviously he had the goal ruled out from the Lukaku offside. Um, but just in general play as well, even I think one one of the reasons why Tuchel wants to play him more as a wide winger rather than a tucked in um, inside guy is because his one on one game is quite good in terms of dribbling, taking non players. Um, so ZH is I just kind of want to get your opinion on ZH because I this is someone that I had on the chopping board but it's almost like mm, do we keep him so what's your thoughts on ZH we'll start with you Tosin I've always liked him mm-hmm. um, I, I will say I've been in that camp I have been in team ZH camp I do sometimes think he's very lazy yeah um, but I think he, I personally think Tuchel was the manager that he needed in terms of that like he mm-hmm. seems like there has been a shift in his attitude and his mentality since two calls mm-hmm. turned up um, in terms of how he plays and the mm-hmm. freedom as well. And I think um, I, it reminds me of why we signed him, okay. his performances. Mm-hmm. Like this is what he, you know, he wasn't playing in the same position as Ajax, but in terms of his one-on-one game and his yeah. crossing and yeah. all of that, that is, that is why we signed him. Yeah. And I think he's now kind of showing that. And I think, you know, I personally think it's because of, it has been because of Tuchel, mm. you know, um, and, and his managing style. And also, I don't like saying this sometimes because I do feel like it's a cop out a little bit, but I feel like he's finally gotten settled into the Premier League. Yeah, I don't think that's a cop out, but like even Ziyech, he was talking earlier in the week and he seems positive. Like, to be fair, I wasn't sure. If maybe if this run of form didn't happen, I wouldn't. I wasn't sure if he wanted to stay here. Forget yeah. about whether Chelsea wants to to keep him not. Like he does, he want to stay here. But he seems a lot happier right now. Yeah, and I and I think it's because I think he's finally settled in a little bit. I think he's finally mm-hmm. finding his feet, his form. Because I think there's a thing that all players, not all players, but a lot of players do, where they you know they come from another league and go to the Premier League and, ex- and expect their game to be exactly the same. Mm. I think. Ziyech for a bit was like that and I think you could mm-hmm. see the frustration on his face when it wasn't working and I think yeah. everything clicked yeah I think Ziyech has been unlucky as well because I remember when we first bought him he had an injury so he mm-hmm. wasn't able like I remember his start pre and he had an injury 
and then he's come back. And I, I think it's just been a lot. It hasn't been smooth sailing for a lot of Barata because there's been a lot of switcheroos as well. Obviously, when Tuchel came in, Ziyech was one of the people that suffered too because we was playing the tens. Um, so, Jerry, like, Ziyech, um, are you a fan? Do you want to see him stick around for long? What's your thoughts on Ziyech? Um, so, I... You, you remember a pod uh, I did probably about a couple months ago where mm-hmm. I was just slandering all of our attackers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I did put, in, I can't remember if I said it on the pod or if I put it in the group, but mm-hmm. out of all our attackers that were kind of on the chopping board, I did say, listen, out of all of them, mm-hmm. the, the only one who I can see bringing it back is Ziek because um, while the others drift between poor and average, mm-hmm. he will have a good game um, every so often. Um, it's just that the consistency wasn't there and he was turning over possession for fun. Yeah. Um, but what from what I've seen from him is um, recently is now when he gets the ball, he doesn't just look up and cross it. Um, yeah. He takes the option to to dribble. Sometimes he'll cross it. Sometimes he'll dribble. Sometimes he'll pass it. He's varying his game a lot more. Um, and listen, the post moves that I'm seeing from him now, I mm. honestly didn't even know that he had that in his locker. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't I, I don't ever remember seeing him dribble like this um, yeah. over the last couple of seasons so listen if he's if he, if he carries on this form it's been what three three four games um, I want to see a little bit more from him before I start buying socks again but cool. um, I think I think he's been good uh, I think he's 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 playing with the right approach uh, the right yeah. intensity and he, he's uh-huh. a menace he's, he's been a threat on that side yeah. I think that you mentioned that I think is is completely underrated is he sounds happy. What did you say it was underrated? That's no, a no. nice plug for my app. That is a nice plug for my app. Go get underrated if you've got an iPhone. But, so, <laughs> but, but I mean but, like generally like uh, I feel like sometimes we forget how much you being happy and comfortable in your game affects your game. Yeah. And I I agree like just listening to his interviews recently and compared to when he first came here he, there yeah. seems to be contentness. So what I was, I think so, it's coming through. Yeah. So what I just wanted to quickly, because obviously, like everybody seems more open to ZX staying and all that type of stuff, even though he was linked with moves before. But we are linked with a lot of people that it seems like play on the right. So we're linked with Rafinha. We're linked with Dembele. We were even linked. Obviously, he played against us of Crystal Palace with Michael Olise, um, and he's playing a lot of the time because he's left footed and he seems to want to play on the right cutting in. Um, even, to be fair, links with Hazard too, but we know Hazard plays on the left. But it does seem like we do want new attacking players. Now, we just talked about the difficulty of our attackers to settle in positions because there's so many heads and so many chopping and changing. So our, from those players, what I kind of wanted to ask, because I know like you guys seem open to ZX saying, would you want Ziyech to stay or is anyone on that list of names that I just mentioned? You can even chuck in Felix if you want. And um, is that so would you want to upgrade? Would you want to try to upgrade on Ziyech? Or are you are you of the kind of school of thought that actually he's finally settling in, he's finally doing good. Right now, let's just stick with Ziyech, no more new attackers on that side, on that wingers. Mm-hmm. I think stick with Ziyech. Stick with Ziyech, yeah. I do not want Dembele in this team. Absolutely not. Um, I feel like okay. Just we already have, and I have to say this: we already have one injury-prone player, which is Politic. We don't need another one. <laughs> I get, it. I get. It. 
Um, and I understand, but I understand why Tuchel wants him because for me personally, his, he played his best under Tuchel. Mm-hmm. I get it. I don't want him. I think stick with the urge. I think I, my hope for this transfer market in the summer is that we kind of look at the team and instead of just buying players for the sake of buying players, actually like a strategic plan involved because I understand that we're linked to all of the players, but I, I don't get it at the same time when we actually have players who play pretty well in those positions anyway. But it, might, two- be, it might be that because uh, Spusic has two years left in his contract, right? So this yeah. is one of those important years. Either he resigns or we sell him. So as a Pulisic fan, do you want him to resign? Because really and truly, if he does resign here, maybe it's just another four or five years of being chopped and changed and I his correct position. It makes me sad by wanting to leave. I think his game fits Spain a lot more. So if he leaves, then that means that opens a place for uh, uh, Dembele, right? No, we're not doing that. Okay, all right, fair enough. Jerry. We can do any other player. We're not okay. doing that. So, Jerry, <laughs> just quickly, Jerry, well, the names I mentioned, I mentioned a few names. So I mentioned Dembele, I mentioned Michael Olise, I mentioned Rafinha. I said you can chuck in people like Felix or even if you're a romantic and you want Eden Hazard to come back because you feel like for whatever silly reason that that will be a good move. Listen, um, he just needs to retire at Chelsea, okay? Yeah. So, so, so Jerry, what, what, what are your thoughts on it? Um, like I said, I, I want to see a bit more from Ziyech before I, we, we start including him in the plans next season. But for me, um, I think out of all our attackers, he, he is the most suited to that, that right spot. Um, so you wouldn't want to see someone in the right spot come in? Um, I think... I'm trying to nail you to mast. I think it depends on, on what happens with the other attackers, but he, he, he is the only one who is comfortable. In, yes in, or no? In, in that. <laughs> Alisa, I think, I think uh, what, what I've seen from Elise yeah, is promising. Um, it is, it's definitely going to be hard to get him out of Palace. Out of all the names you mentioned, he'd probably, he'd probably be the one I'd, I'd want okay. in that right spot. Maybe right. as, a, as an understudy to Ziek because Ziek has had his his um inju- injury issues, okay. um so yeah I mean he's he's the only one who's actually happy to play in that right wing spot. So okay, we need we still on need to go on to Lille. That's the only reason why I'm cutting cutting you. We still need to go on to Lille. And yes. So and um, we could do a quick one on Lille anyway, but just quickly, Jorginho came off and Kovacic came on, and as soon as Kovacic came on, he found that ball to Lukaku. And so I know a lot of Chelsea fans were like, oh, this is why Jorginho needs to go. He doesn't play them balls, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously, Kante as well, Saar, who played left back, and he put him through with a good ball, put Kante through with a good ball. Um, but it didn't, like, Kante didn't bury it. So in terms of the pivot, just quickly, and obviously we're going to come on to the Lille game. Um, and we talked about how Pulisic was the third man kind of in midfield as well. So maybe they didn't have that much help. But in terms of the pivot, Working ideas so far, just quick short answers, quick fire. Jerry, so so far, who do you like as a starting pivot? Um, for me, uh, Jovic or as no, it depends on the game. It depends on the game. Please give me one answer. Jorginho and Kante. Okay, cool. And Tosin, please give me one answer. What's your preferred uh, pivot choice? Jorginho and Kante. 
Jorginho and Kante. That's very interesting. It's very interesting. But what we'll do is we'll talk about the Lille game now. So obviously we won the Palace game, even though it didn't seem like it. And I get it because it was a struggle. And I think Olissa was great on the pitch, by the way. Um, but um, coming into the Lille game, I don't think people were that kind of confident, even though Lille haven't really been doing well in the French League. Jonathan David, there's a name that's been mentioned quite a lot. Uh, people worry that he might have an impact. Ronaldo Sanchez, we've seen him in the Premier League and he's a testament to how you can go away and do better. Now, listen, <laughs> let's, let's not do what we did with Lukaku and Ronaldo Sanchez. And I'm not saying that Ronaldo Sanchez is like Lukaku, but he had a great game in that little game. But I remember watching that game straight off the bat, the one-touch football from both sides, it started as a great, um, a great match uh-huh. to watch. Uh, Kai Havertz played force nine. Lukaku dropped after those seven touches. Um, so I, I guess my first question is, obviously Kai Havertz, there's loads of stats going around about how he had more touches in the first 10 minutes or whatever than Lukaku had in the whole last game. So I kind of want to ask, you think it, there's this been, I think I was the first one to bring this up. I think I was the first, and yeah, to bring up. I, I, I genuinely think I was the first to, to bring this conversation up to Chelsea Twitter and stuff like that. Because I said very early, I think we played better with Kai. And I think this was whilst Lukaku was still playing relative, well, not playing well, but scoring. Um, and so I've got a lot mm-hmm. of pushback because obviously we just signed 100 million, et cetera, et cetera. So my question now is, after seeing that Kai in the Lille game, do you think that's kind of confirmed that actually we played better with Kai, or do you think it's just different games? And in this game, different opposition, obviously Palace away might be harder, Lil at home might be a little bit easier. So what were your thoughts on the whole Kai 9 thing? We'll start with Jerry. Um, I thought we, we did look better with him in, 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 the, in the little game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the the buzzword that's going around is obviously fluid. Um, I thought he was making he was making good runs into the channels, coming short, um, well, looking for the ball at, at angles. Um, that meant he could he could um, fend off the defenders a bit better. Um, I thought the whole the whole attack actually started off quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, with with Kai, I think I think I think he was cooking that game. So mm-hmm. I, I just want Tuchel to let let him let him cook. Mm-hmm. And it seems like for me, every time he he begins to build up a head of steam, he gets like a random injury or mm-hmm. um, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's had COVID what, like three times. Or, or, or Lukaku comes in. <laughs> or Lukaku comes in. Yeah. So f- for me, I I want to see that front three carry on. Um, I want to see that. I think I think they were they, they were they were comfortable passing to each other, um, and. It looked they, they, they were given the the Lille defense uh, a tough time. Did we did fade after about fifteen minutes? But um, it was a very encouraging start for me. Okay, um, so Tosin, give me your thoughts on Kaina in that game. I th- yeah, I think that front three is what we should be continuing with. It would be great to kind of they seem comfortable with each other, which I think shows that they probably do train together and build that comfortability in training. Um, I think that is a that I think I think Kai as a front line I think depends on who's playing with him. Um, so it'd be really interesting to kind of see if we just have him as as a false nine and maybe switch the left back and right back and see 
you know, what works. But I think the front three that we had for the Lille game was, I think, the sharpest we've looked in a while. Yeah. Um, I just, I think there was the comfortability there. There was that kind of like um, knowing where each other are without having to look up, mm-hmm. uh, which we mm-hmm. haven't seen well for Chelsea. So it will be really nice to kind of see that front three kind of play a couple of more times. Obviously, Zayach is injured. Hopefully he comes back to the Liverpool game. Yeah. But that front three have, have been the best that we looked. And I think for me personally, that has looked, that team that we played um, on, on, on Tuesday, I think for me personally, has looked the best that we have in a while. Like, yeah. again, there's still places that we need to improve on. But as a cohesive, everyone looked comfortable. Yeah. Everyone looked like they where each other were. Um, yeah. There was this kind of willingness to do the crosses, to do the runs, to do the defending. Everyone chipped in. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, I definitely was one of those people who was incredibly apprehensive going into that game. We could lose here. Yeah. But then kind of seeing everyone playing together, I was like, hey, I would love to see this. I would love to see this lineup against Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Kante because Kante was amazing in that game. Um, I think Thiago Silva was as well, but there has been discourse around let us sell Kante because he's getting to a certain age. And, and I know it's, it's so weird because Kante, he's had injuries, but he's had great performances, just like the last one we saw against Lille earlier on in the season too. But I think people have short memories. And I know people have their own favourite players they want to bring in, and that's why they're probably trying to eye and look at players to move on. But... What were your thoughts on Kante? And some people are just saying, actually, right now he's just shining in the Champions League. Maybe he's not as good for the Premier League. A lot of people call us cup teams. So, Jerry, I'm coming to you on Kante. Uh, yeah, so what, what are your thoughts on Kante? Do you feel like we shouldn't be kind of be buying into these performances and just realise that actually he's still injury prone and, and maybe we should look to sell him? Uh, uh, I, I don't think so. Um, I think we've got about 15 midfielders, so... To be honest with you, um, we don't really need Kante to play um, all the games anyway. Um, and you know what? Uh, Ngolo, he loves a UCL night. Like yeah. he, he comes alive when the when the Champions League anthem rings out. So for me, um, I think I think we just need to manage him. Listen, yeah. like, like any player uh, in their thirties. I don't, I don't think I don't think we're going to get back to a point where he's playing every single game mm-hmm. um, every single week uh, but listen the, the quality is there for everyone to see um, so for me I, I think we need to keep him uh, in the squad mm-hmm. um, and we're we're in what four or five competitions mm-hmm. there's there's no real need for him to play all the games anyway we've got a big squad so yeah. I think um, it makes sense to, 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 to keep him around um, yeah. and Listen, I'm, I'm, I, I think when, when sometimes when he comes back from injury, um, it takes a couple of games to get going. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think he, he started to get into his groove now. Yeah, I mean, the, just quickly, I know I missed it because I didn't get to kind of speak on the Havertz thing. But for anyone that wants to, go and watch the Malmo game. That's the game that uh, Lukaku got injured and Kai got uh, came on. And... Sometimes it's difficult to compare because you look at the Lille game and the Crystal Palace game, and they're two different games, two different game states, two different stadiums, one home away, etc. 
But when you look at a game like the Malmo one, which he did come off quite early, but I thought it was a fun, fundamental way in terms of the way we were playing, it changed. And I think, again, the fluid word, which I think I was the one the first one to say it, but I think everybody's on the bandwagon now. But that's me on Havertz. I think you should watch that game. The Malmo, I think, was home game. Because you can literally see the difference in our game and it's the same type of environment. But with Kante, I don't, I've always said people are silly to want to sell. I think uh, I talk about Makaleli. Um, Makaleli came to Chelsea. I know this is a long time ago, so you, you can't necessarily use it as an example, but he came to Chelsea at 30. He came to Chelsea at 30. And everybody talks about the Makaleli role, and he did all of that 30 plus. Um, and I just don't understand why people want to be so quick to sell experienced players. If you look at Kante in that game, in these big games, and he's done it in so many big games for us, like he, a lot of times he can be the star, the, the main man. And I just don't understand. I don't care if you've got a favourite player and you've got a person that comes in that you think is going to be perfect. A lot of you probably thought that Werner was going to be an upgrade on Tammy and you thought that um, Lukaku would be an upgrade on Werner, but the shit doesn't always work like that. And I don't understand why you want to throw away someone like Kante for something that might not work. And yeah, it might not work. Everybody needs to fucking understand that. But sorry, sorry for the swearing. Um, Tosin, do you have anything on Kante? Listen, I love him. I love him. Cool. I love him. I love I love how you, you can tell when he's he's definitely settled in the game and he gets excited because he mm -hmm. does a lot of runs. You can just see how he uplifts the team as well in terms mm -hmm. of like if we are down and he's making those runs, people are like, okay, well, we need to match his level. And I mm -hmm. feel like he's such a he's such a leveler like he really makes the team better because not just in the passes doing but mm. people are realizing that they have to up their standards in the game because they're like mm. okay he can't be the one who's doing it all on his own mm. i think that is something that for me personally i think is incredibly over underrated in his game people don't underrated. look at it underrated <laughs> go get the app go get the underrated sorry for cutting you off but anyone says <laughs> it, i have to promote that but this is what i want to ask as a final question because i said It'll be about an hour and a half. It should really just be a chessy hour, but sometimes we argue about things like Lukaku. Um, yeah. So this is the final thing I want to talk about. So this is actually a question by one of our Discorders, one of the chessy community, John Brown, uh, a statesider. And he's asked a question. So he's posed it and he said that, okay, cool. In the Club World Cup semi-finals and the final, Jorginho didn't play. Or Jorginho came off for a half down whatever, but he didn't play or whatever. Okay. And then again... In this huge Champions League match, Jorginho didn't play. Jorginho didn't even come off the bench when we had an injury to Kovacic. Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on. And so I think what he's posing is, is Tuchel trying to phase out Jorginho? And so we'll start with you, Tosin, then we'll come to Jerry. Oh, this is a weird one because I don't know if you saw his comments recently about how he would like to play on the... Um... Yep. Yeah. So I don't know if they're related. Mm -hmm. Please, after me, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I, don't, I don't think Tuchel is trying to face him out. Mm -hmm. Don't think Jorginho has been playing at the level that he should be. Okay. And I think sometimes what Chelsea fans sometimes forget is that just because you like a player doesn't mean that he needs to play all the time. Yes. Um, and, you know, you're talking about managing players over 30. This could actually just be another way of doing it. We, you yeah. know, Jorginho may have not picked up a knot, but may not be feeling himself 100% or may yeah. not be able to give 100%. And yeah. 
instead of kind of risking that, and I think Tuchel has started to understand how, because he has admitted that he may sometimes he over he overdoes it with players. Yeah. Where off earlier or he shouldn't have played them at all yeah. I think he figured it out with Jorginho and I think he's mm-hmm. starting to figure out the rest of our with the rest of our um of, of our pivot in terms of when we should be taking them off what games they should be playing for yeah um, I think that's just it I don't think he's trying to phase him out mm-hmm. um I just think it's try- it's just him managing the team and um everything else and I understand why he put on um, Loftus cheek instead of Jorginho as well, especially how he's come back from injury. He needs mm-hmm. the minutes. I get it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's that. I just think okay. it's too cool starting to understand how to do time management and when players should play because he could actually just be resting in for Liverpool. Exactly. And and what I'd say is this um, before I go on to you, Jerry. A lot of times in the press conference, they'll ask Tuchel, do we have any injuries? And Tuchel usually say the players that are injured and cannot play. But I remember there was a part of the season where it felt like we didn't have any midfielders and all of my midfielders were injured apart from Jorginho. And um, retrospectively, Tuchel revealed that actually Jorginho was playing with an injury and he didn't want to play him, but he had to play him with an injury. Now, he can't say before the game to everyone and advertise, hey, Jorginho's got an injury here and he's playing with it because then the opposition might target it or they might realise that it's a weakness, right? So sometimes, like, there, there might be a player that if pushed and if needed, they can play, but you probably don't want to play them if you don't have to because you've got players that are fitter. And so we don't know. It, I don't know. It, it, might, it might be that he's seen, actually, let me try to build a, a stronger partnership between Kovacic and Kante. But my take on it before we come to Jerry is that since... Tuchel's come in he said we've got three top midfielders and there's been periods where Kante's had to sit on the bench for Kovacic and Jorginho there's been periods where Kovacic has had to sit on the bench for Kante and Jorginho and so just when Jorginho sits on the bench for a period why are people getting all upset like it's three top midfielders and he's going to rotate between them um so can uh so Jerry what's your thoughts on the whole Jorginho being phased out thing um I, I agree I think there was actually a similar period. I think it was last... I can't quite remember when it was. I think it was last season where Giorgino sat out a couple of games mm-hmm. and the the exact same things started coming out. People were like, oh, it's, it's too it's too cool um, phasing out Giorgino, uh, blah, blah. Um, and listen, we've played some of our best football with, with Giorgino mm-hmm. um, inside. Um, and it, it's been three games. I, I don't think you can read too much into it. Okay. All right, all right. It's been a good chessy hour and a half. I think it's. I think both of you like. Even though I didn't necessarily design it like this, but I feel like Jerry, you've got a little bit of calm. Thompson, I feel like you're a bit fiery, and I think I'm in the middle. So I think it's kind of worked out. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Um, do you want to promote? Do you want to promote your brand again? Yeah. So follow Sport Shifts. We're Sport Shifts. Um on Instagram and on Twitter. We've got some great content that we're working on that we'll be releasing soon. Uh, Christian Pulisic, follow me on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> cool. That's that's it, really, yeah. Cool. It's been a pleasure having you on. And then, Jerry, always a pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for listening. It's been another good Chessy hour, and we will hit will you hear from us next week. Peace. Peace. Drop!
ads on Twitter and ranting Doing the most True say that money is power So when you get money, keep quiet and ghost Ghost I remember when I shot my shot But I didn't have guap, so I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal and it Sports Social Podcast Network